and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. magicians how are you i'm in way you can see with the mustard colored walls that i'm in a different airbnb right and i don't like it <laughs> not even a little i'm in vietnam so way in vietnam um it's okay there's nothing that i can say i don't like about this place Except it doesn't have enough windows for me. I have a thing about light and windows. So it's lovely the way they've painted it yellow and white. And then it's in an off street in Hui. So I used, I stayed in Hui a while last year and I love it. It's this ancient city in Vietnam. It's like a city of artists. I actually made friends with some artists and I kept in touch with one of them, Juan, whom I posted about before on Facebook. Um, when I was here in April, we met up. So at least I'm going to meet up with him, checking out retreat venues. There's some retreat venues that I really, really want because I think it's really important if people come to Vietnam that they come to Hue because a lot of tourists don't make it here, right? They always like end up at all the tourists trap places but here's where most of the history of this country is this is where the artists are this is where you get like a feel for a lot of things so when I was here last year I just like caught up with a lot of people and I learned so much and I lived in an artist house and it was really really cool so that's where I'm going to be chilling on Wednesday evening um, again going to visit but I digress, right? Today's topic, I want to talk about ease and ease as the cousin of expansion. And I spent a lot of time 
last night I shared so this is my journal right I'll read some of the things from this journal from what I wrote I share some of my journal entries in the student group so last night I shared with the money magic students some of my streams of thoughts I just took pictures and posted them in the group in the student group so if this is the larger group you're not going to find anything there <laughs> right like I'm not that evolved that I'm like oh my god I'm going to share like my entire raw streams of thoughts and my journal intimate stuff in the larger group. Not yet. We're not there and we may never be there and that is okay, <laughs> right? So um, yeah, I was one of the things that I wanted to talk about is ease, right? So yesterday I've been spending most of the weekend journaling on ease and what is this concept of ease? What does it even mean? And what I understand, because sometimes it's hard for me to teach these things because I know them on, um, like I know, I know them on some kind of integral spiritual level, but then to try and put these feelings into thoughts and the intuitions that I have and how I've been able to expand through ease, how I'm able to travel through ease and explain that ease doesn't mean easy. Ease doesn't mean without challenges. It's really hard, especially in a world where we are taught that no pain, no gain, no, like, you know, just like basically no pain, no gain. Without hard work, things can't happen, all sorts of things. And it's not to say that ease is the absence of hard work. We can work hard and we can work and I think I've said this before, we can work very long hours and still experience ease. So what is ease and why do I say that ease is the cousin of expansion? Okay, so let me start by defining ease. I'm just going to read some of the things that I wrote yesterday. So I said, ease doesn't mean easy, right? It's a feeling. It just means stress-free. It means surrender, allowing, and being at peace, right? So it doesn't mean that something, something can be hard, but it can be done and accomplished with ease, right? So most people tend to think when we talk about ease that it means, oh, the, uh, the journey towards my financial freedom or towards building my career needs to be easy. These are two totally different things, right? Sometimes the journey is going to be hellish. You're going to, if you're going to have to do a PhD, you're going to have to do a PhD, right? So it's not going to be like, if it was easy, then all of us would be like, oh, ease, I'm going to get a PhD and do it, right? But the truth is, kindly reposition your camera. T, how do I do that? Like, is everyone able to see me? Is this better? Um, guys, let me know. I've just shifted the camera a little bit. Um, sorry, I wasn't aware that the camera was kind of tilted or weird. Please let me know, T, if you can see me because I have repositioned it or so I think, right? So, okay, so sometimes you're going to have to do certain things, right? And it's not going to be the definition of easy and it's not going to be with breeze because um, I can only see half your face. Uh, guys, is anyone able to see me properly? 
because what I'm looking at, the camera seems like it's showing all of me. So I'm not understanding why a tea can only see half my face. So please let me know if you can see my full face or what's going on. This is weird. <laughs> Things happen a little differently in Vietnam. Yes, I can see you. Okay, thanks, Levokhan. So, T, um, check out your phone and your camera. I'm not sure what's going on. I can see you clearly and see you properly. Thanks, Zetu. I don't know what's up with your camera and your phone, T. Okay, so uh, thanks, Zetu, as well. So, oh, wow, we've got Zetu and Zetu. That's interesting. Okay, so... You can get a P you may need to get a PhD or you may want to get a PhD, right? And it may be that your PhD journey takes you two years, takes you three years, takes you four years, however many years it takes you, right? For example, if you want to get an MBA, you could do it in two years or you can do it in one year. They've a lot of places have phased out the one year MBAs, right? But so most common MBA um, uh, degrees take about two years. Most of those things you cannot change, right? So the thing is that, and sometimes some subjects are going to be not that easy, right? So when we talk about ease, it doesn't mean that the journey itself is without challenges or it's like, oh, easy. And if it's not easy, you give up. Okay, so T, you say, okay, that's fine. Thanks, Kaz. And then you just decide that, oh my gosh, because it's not easy, that means that it's not the way. Because there's still a lot of things that you need to learn along the way, right? It's about, <laughs> wow, you say, the color ambulance behind you. Hey, man. Hi, Vujumelo. I know, like... Like I said, my drama with this Airbnb, at least I'm able to see that my drama is my drama, right? I know me, so self-awareness is the key. I'm just like, you know what? Let me just deal with it because it is a lovely place. The host is a super host and Airbnb, it's got five-star ratings from like over 80 guests. There is nothing that like, I'm gonna be the odd one that's like, I wish it had a whole wall of windows, <laughs> you know, that's really what I wish. <laughs> so Donna, you say, I can see and hear, although I'm at work. Hey, Donna. Yeah, I don't know what time it is in New York. Like I've lost all track of time um, now that I'm back, now that I'm in Vietnam and back on the Thai time zone. I've forgotten what the um, time zones are anyway. But anyway, so back to ease and easy, right? So most people tend to say, okay, if this thing is not working out, then it's not easy, then I don't want it, that means that it's not for me, it's not meant to happen. Whoa, slow your roll, right? Like that doesn't, that's not what it means, right? Ease is a feeling that comes from within, right? Whereas easy is, well, hopscotch can be easy for some people. It's not for other people. Like I find Excel, uh, economics, numbers generally just easy. Like I can look at an accounting balance sheet and income statement and easily analyze it, right? That's what I did for as a mining and energy analyst. That's what I did at one point in my life, right? So it became easy with time. So practice also makes things easy. So that's why 
Easy doesn't equal ease. And also remember that how many of us, for most of us, earning a salary going to work is easy, right? It's, oh, this is the way that you make money and it's the easy way to make money versus entrepreneurship. But it doesn't equal ease. And this is so, so important to understand, right? So many people go, I will choose the easy way out, but the easy way isn't ease right? It doesn't feel like ease. It can feel like murder. Some of us are going to a job where you, how many times have you said, oh, I can do this job in my sleep, but your soul is heavy. Going to work, you have to drag yourself out of bed. You're like, oh my God, here we go again. And every single day feels like a heaviness. Great. It's easy. You go to work, you make your money, and your money is coming in like clockwork every single month. Easy, right? In a way to make money. That's the easy way to make money. But it doesn't feel like ease. It is not ease, right? So you can literally, so here's an example, right? When I used to, when I started Wealthy Money, I really thought like, oh, the easy way to make money is to work with corporates, which is the easy way, right? And then here's what I learned from that. Like every time I had to get paid, I needed to fight for that money. So yeah, it was easy to make that money, but the money didn't come with ease. You know, it was like, oh my God, I have to wait 60 days before they pay me. This is when I work with people. Yeah, there's a lot more that I have to do when I work with individuals and do all this work that I do now. This is when you can bill a corporate and say 60,000 Rand for like a day's work or whatever. Great, but that money, by the time it comes after two months, your bills have already stacked up upon stacked up, right? So you now owe like 90,000 Rand, whereas if that money had come a few days earlier, you would be in a better position. So if you're in the US, and I know like Donna, you're in New York, just divide this by like 10 to make it easy, right? So Donna, I'm saying like, imagine a corporate, you can bill them $6,000 for just a, for a little bit of work and then but by the time they pay you after two months it's like $9,000 your bills have already stepped up to $9,000 so yes it's easy but it's not coming with ease that does not feel like ease and that didn't feel like ease it felt like murder right it was like why is it that every time that I need my money I need to fight for it that is the opposite of ease right? So ease is this feeling, it's this understanding, it's surrender, and it's almost, I don't want to use this word because we misinterpret it as well, but it, it could almost be like you are in alignment, that things are flowing more. So it can be that you are doing that PhD, you're working those 15, 16 hours, but you are at ease. Your soul is at peace. You are surrendered, right? And this is so, so important when it comes to money, right? And the work that we do around money, because it's going to, I'm going to talk about the next aspect of it, which is not just having the money and earning the money and saving it, but actually experiencing 
expanding financially. And the mindset between expansion and saving are two totally different mindsets, right? People often seem to think that like, oh, I'm great with money, it's awesome, because they can save. But then talk about expansion and ask them to now expand and go bigger, increase income, make multiple streams of income, start investing. They freak out. Why? Because they've mastered saving, but they haven't mastered how to trust money enough to start taking risks, to start following their own calling, and to start expanding around that, right? So it's still a place of fear from a space of, oh my God, even though I'm great at saving, I cannot get rid of this money. And that mentality will often keep you in financial situations that you don't want. You'll stay in jobs that you don't want, but you're great at saving, right? You're great financially, but money brings you no joy, right? Because you're not actually following your calling and it never feels like it's enough and you still live with the fear of, oh my God, what's going to happen if I never have enough money, etc. It's still fear. Fear is fear, right? Fear with a thousand dollars in your account or a 10,000 rand in your account, a fear with a million rand or $100,000 in your account. It's still fear. It's still money controlling us, right? So what we actively want to get to is to a place where we feel calm around money. So let me just read what people are saying. So said to you, saying, me two years back, it was easy money, but it never felt like ease. Yeah, you're getting me, Setu, right? And then Donna, you're saying you're so right. And then Zetu, you say, OMG, that's the struggle I have now. I find myself not investing because I'm so scared of parting with money. Yeah, All right? It's like... This is a real thing. And most people will look at people like this and say, oh, you're great with money. So years ago, and this is a book that's eventually going to come out, right? A friend of mine, she used to be, she was one of my closest friends, not used to be, was one of my closest friends. She passed on. We were working on a book together. Mm. And uh, one of her last things before, like, before we spoke, it was like an accidental passing. So it wasn't like we were prepared for it, but we always said that we published this book. And it's taken me a long time because I'm still like, I was still grieving her passing. So it's taken, this is the first time I even mention her ever in like years, because apart from when I was with my sister, because she, she knows and some of my friends, some of my close friends knew that we were working on a book together. And one of the, uh, one of the things, the core of this book is around the five different money profiles. And one of the money profiles that we profiled was the profiles are around about food, right? So one of the profiles is the money dieter, right? And the money dieter is basically someone like, uh, someone that I've just described who is great at saving but they diet with money if that makes sense you know it's like they spend money very rationally they perfect with money in every way but expansion is difficult in the same way that for someone who's constantly on a diet like going in and looking at a buffet and allowing yourself to feast on the buffet and to truly enjoy food if you've taught yourself to always be self-conscious and always be managing money and um oh thanks t 
yeah, like um, I feel better now, to be honest, about Steph. So, um, so in the same way that we teach ourselves to be all about, um, so the dieter teaches themselves to control themselves around food, right? Never to quite enjoy food, never to let loose, never to feast. In the same way, some of us are approaching money that way, right? We look, we're great in terms of, in the same way that we look at dieters, oh my God, you're so self-disciplined, you're so amazing, you never gain weight, you never allow yourself to feast on food, self-control. We also praise people like that with money. But in the same way that I've described the dieter, right? We all know how frustrating and annoying it is to be on a diet, to enter a place, see incredible food that you want, but not be able to feast on it and to feel guilty when you allow yourself to feast on it. And then you beat yourself up. We tend, we sometimes do that with money, right? And people don't, we notice it when it comes to food, but we don't notice it when it comes to money. In fact, we praise people when they do that with money. But isn't it the same kind of uh, behavior? And is that behavior healthy in any way? No right? Because it's still like every time you enjoy money, you beat yourself up. Oh my God, what did I do? The guilt, everything. It doesn't feel okay. But we, we go like, oh no, it's great with money. It's awesome that you do that, right? But with food, if someone does that with food and they look at their body and then they beat themselves up that they ate that extra cake, we would go berserk and instantly say, you have a problem. You have to change that relationship with food. Why don't we do the same with money? It's something that has always fascinated me, right? Because I felt awful when I used to do that to myself with money. So I was like, why does nobody see that this guilt and the self beating around spending money is actually, it's actually disturbing and it's not good for my psyche, right? And we need to start talking about that because that in itself shows that we have unresolved emotional trauma around money and we have fears around money, right? So let's get back to the next part of this video where I wanted to talk about ease and expansion. Okay, so if you can allow yourself to experience ease or to choose ease, even if the journey is challenging, even if the journey is long and hard, you can start to innovate and you can start to expand in different ways, right? So again, I didn't say, uh, remember, ease does not mean easy. It just means that you're actively choosing ease. So you can actively choose to see how would how could I make this easier for myself so one of the things that hi Fatima so one of the things that Byron Katie says is that the world is what you believe it to be and it changes as you change right so the things and one of the things that Byron Katie also talks about is this concept of suffering as a choice right and not a conscious choice right but that Things, the, life is always going to be what it is, right? It's our attitude in how we approach it that makes a big, big difference, right? So, for example, last week, so on Sundays, we do case studies in the student group. 
in the Money Magic student group, which means that one student who has a business or a challenge in terms of income or finances comes, they become a case study, they post their challenge, and then we all act as coaches to look at their business. So one of the students was sharing about her business, right? And the way that she was, so her aim is to make 300,000 Rand or roughly between $25,000 and $30,000 in the first six months of the business, right? So she is starting this business. She wants to do that. So my theory is I don't believe, I don't want anyone in the group and I don't believe that nothing that, oh my gosh, there's only one way for a business to, uh, to grow, right? That, oh my God, it needs to take forever to reach that income. So Everyone gets to post their income goals and then we get to literally tear apart the business model and rewire the business model in such a way that you can get to that income goal without struggling. And I say, and we're not without struggling, but with a sense of not that you're not going to work hard and you won't have challenge, but uh, challenges, but with that feeling of ease, which is being in alignment with yourself. So in this case, what I was explaining to the students was that it's being in alignment with who you are, right? So the way that if she had wanted, one of the things that she wanted to do was to build a business by getting new clients every week. But the truth is the kind of business that she wants to build is a business that allows her to build relationships and she only needs literally to get eight consistent clients every six months. If she can do that, she can easily make the first 150,000 rand in the first six months, right? But until we were able to uncover that entire business model we couldn't see it but here's how we got to those eight consistent clients was for her to feel into her body her previous business model when she felt into her body all i said because i could sense i was like this feels overwhelming for me right and i've run businesses so for a new entrepreneur going into the market and then wanting to get like 80 new clients right off the bat every six months, every month or whatever, not going to happen, right? It's going to feel overwhelming. I mean, it can happen, but you know, is it the easiest option? Is it the option that is in alignment with her soul. For some people, yeah, that's their personalities. They can do it in their sleep, etc. right? So she went into a body and she was able to feel into a body. And her first thing was, no, it feels off. So already your body communicates with you that this is the opposite of ease. Your body never lies, right? So if your body is resisting, it is telling you that this is not ease for my soul. There is something that is out of alignment for me with the business model, just something out of alignment. And we need to figure what that misalignment is, right? Because it's not resonating with your soul. So 
For most of us, what we do, and this is where we choose the hard way, the struggle path, we see this, this business model, but then we see our friends have a similar business model, or we hear some successful person has built their business in the say in this particular manner with this business model, but it feels off to us. Then we go, no, I'm going to force this to work for me, right? Uh, because it worked for that successful person, right? And it worked for my friend. So it's going to work for me and I'm going to force it to work. And your poor soul and your body's communicating and it feels hard every morning you wake up, you're anxious, right? You still have to get clients. Remember, whatever business model you need to take, you still have to get clients. You still have to market. You still have to build the business, right? But the model that you're choosing can be one of ease or one that's completely out of alignment with you, completely out of whack. So what we usually do, and I can talk about this because I did this for years, right? So what we tend to do is we go, okay, so everybody's doing it this way. This is the way that I have to do it. It's the only way, even when I wake up and I feel into my body and it feels like murder. Everything says no. For years, I thought I needed to cold call people to grow my business, whatever business it was, cold call clients, cold call um, companies, because that's what a lot of the marketing gurus were teaching me, cold calling. And I would go to cold calling classes. I used to have scripts. Every time I reached that phone, my body would go crazy. I would get acid reflux. I would, uh, my throat would clam up and I would force myself to dial. Did I ever make a sale from cold calling? No, right? It wasn't in alignment with me. Once I figured out what business model worked for me and what I was in alignment with that, that felt like ease to my spirit, remember, I still needed to grow a business. I still needed to be in business. It just was different. Whether or not the clients came, whether or not clients showed up, I showed up and I loved it. And eventually the clients found me, right? Whether or not... People were feeling me, not feeling me. I was like, I love this so much. I'm going to keep doing it. And that was ease, right? And that, because you love it and because it feels like ease, that also gives you that extra oomph to keep persevering, to keep enduring. So when the rejections come, you're like, oh, okay, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Because you believe in it, it feels right in your soul. But when it feels off, I promise you, you can force it. And that's when you're like, oh my God, I've been doing this every day. And you're feeling resentment. You're angry. You feel anxious. Your body's feel, uh, falling apart because it is not ease. It is not in alignment with you, right? So that's the first thing to really understand about ease. So with this client, we were able to then work on the case study as with the Money Magic students and just talk to her. And then she was able to get to this point, sorry, just like moving things around. She was able to get to this point where she was like, okay, 
The idea of getting eight clients and then like getting extra clients along the way, but you mean I can get eight clients or maybe 10 clients or whatever, every six months, every quarter, whatever, I can do that, right? And then it came to, okay, how do you market? Everybody had taught her that you must market to absolutely everyone. You want a thousand people to market to. People need to like you. And I was like, nope. There's this beautiful theory online that I've been teaching in the Money Magic student group, which is the theory of a thousand fans, right? Which is that actually, even in the way that you market your business, if your business model is in alignment with you, even the marketing has to be in alignment with you so that it feels like ease. So that you work, you only ever have to be looking for your thousand true fans. You don't need a million people to reach your income goal. You need your tribe. You need your people. So you can literally just talk to your people. And I shared with her that when I shared with all the students actually that at one of the things that stopped me for the longest while that felt out of alignment and didn't feel like ease to me was when I started, uh, when I started Wealthy Money, I believed that I needed a million people. I needed like thousands of people to grasp what I was saying and to grasp this work until I realized that no, I just need the people who get me right now. For my coaching, I actually can't handle more than eight clients for private one-on-one -on -one coaching a year. And that's a lot, right? So a lot of people are like, eight clients a year? Yeah, because my style of coaching is like, I coach for like three to four hours in a session and people are like, ah, I am like dealing with deep trauma. My clients don't want to talk to me after my session. They want to go sleep. They want like a week to decompress. They want two weeks to talk, to journal because we go so deep. So I myself also need a whole week after my week of coaching to just decompress with the uh, after my clients, right? So I can't do more than eight clients. And once I figured out that that for me was ease, that I was not gonna be the coach that coaches like four clients in a day or even two clients in a day, that that is just not possible for me. I was able to accept that and that's when coaching became felt like ease for me, right? So understanding who you are, understanding what it is that you want to achieve, understanding your own makeup as a person, your traumas, the things that you can do, means that you can start to shape your expansion in a way that works for you. And if you can do that, I promise you, you'll be able to consistently show up for things. And it doesn't mean that those things are easy, right? So for some people, Facebook lives are not easy. For me, they're easy. I love them. I can show up for Facebook lives as often as I want, when I want. I writing a post on Facebook, like for long posts, getting into arguments with people, getting into long discussions, teaching, all that. I love it. It sparks my soul. But for someone else, it could be a, it could totally drain them. In which case, that is not their version of ease. They should just drop it and do the thing that feels like ease for their soul, but still allows them to expand and grow. And this is so important to understand that there are many ways to get to Rome, 
right? You can take a car, you can walk, you can um, take a ship, you can do a cruise ship, you can take a boat, you can hitchhike, you can take a plane. There are many ways to get to your destination. Choose the one that is in alignment with you and that feels like it's in alignment with you, feels like it resonates with your soul along the journey of financial expansion, right? And ease will feel it's less like struggle. It doesn't mean that I don't work long hours some days. Some days I work like 12 hour days. It's the gig, right? Some days I don't. It's awesome. Some days I have to sit with a client for a long time and I'm like, oh my God, we've touched deep trauma. Do I let this client go? The answer is we need another hour. We need another hour. Let's just keep working through this, right? And that's what it is. But it feels for me, that is in alignment with me, right? I know that I find 90-minute sessions very stressful as a coach, right? I can't do them. I tried. I never feel like my clients quite get to the gist of their trauma in that way. So it's different. You need to find what works for you. And what works for you may be completely different. But here's the thing that stops us from ease. It's the fear, right? It's the minute that we need to self-advocate and really own who we are and what it is that makes this journey easier, what will help us expand differently, it means that we need to do, sometimes it means that we have to do things that haven't been done before, right? And we don't have a roadmap. And that means that we have to trust ourselves. And there is where a lot of the issues become, uh, come to play, right? That's where the inner work comes to play because it's never about the practical stuff. I promise you, even with this client, once, we've so, once we sorted out the business model and it was easy, then it was, oh my God, this is too easy. Oh my God, oh my God, is it gonna work? Oh, this is not right, it's not right. Oh, the guilt of how now I can build this business and I can see it expanding over six months. Can't do it. That is work that needs to be done because there's so much trauma around that stops us from actually listening to our own intuition and trusting ourselves. And that needs to be healed. There's a lot of things that go on around that. There's vows that we've made. There's a lot of um, childhood trauma. There's a lot of not good enough. There's vows of invisibility, right? So a lot of things then need to be healed. This is where the inner work comes into play. So anyway, let me know what you thought of this video. I'm going to let you guys go. I hope it resonated. I hope it made sense. Um, yeah, um, I'm excited. I am on a break of sorts. <laughs> so uh, now I'm looking at uh, retreat venues in Vietnam and I'm heading to Dubai, my least favorite city. Gosh, guys, if someone can tell me why people like Dubai so much, I'd be very, very happy. Like I've visited so many countries in my life, lived in so many, and the one that people go gaga about is Dubai. I'm like, for real? Like, oh, uh, wow. So yeah. I'm heading to Dubai because my dad, my stepmom, and my brother um, 
in Dubai so soon, soon, soon. I'm busy sorting all that out. <gasps> yeah, and then after that, Goa. So then India, drums on the beach in Arambol. I can't wait. Goa is like one of my favorite cities, lived there for a while. So I'm super excited to get going, right? But yeah, the Dubai thing is so like stressful. I'm like, why is my family doing Dubai. Like I keep explaining that Dubai is like literally not <laughs> a great place, you know. So many, so many reasons why Dubai is just <laughs> the least coolest place to visit. I could like literally name 10 other incredible cities that will blow your mind versus Dubai. But here we are, it is Dubai. So, Vasitana, you say, thank, thank you, ma'am. And Zeta, you say, when is the next Money Magician's cost intake? Okay, so the next Money Magician's cost intake is January, end of January to be exact. I am, I actually have to work with this new group of students for the Money Magic course. So I have, um, I haven't set a curriculum because we've been working a lot on the case studies and I actually have to, debrief on some things like I feel like on like with the case studies I'm literally teaching pure entrepreneurship and MBA studies lately because today I'm like oh my god I'm so excited I can't wait to get on a video and teach them about product life cycles like product life cycles okay <laughs> but super excited about that so said you say I want to be like you <laughs> Thank you. It's it's been a journey. <laughs> it's been a journey, but yeah, now I've started to like myself, like my life, and love myself. But phew, to get here, my goodness, has it been phew, like walking through fire, but I'm glad I did it. I won't lie to you guys, like the inner work is hellish, right? I'm not even going to lie. The money magic course... <laughs> like everyone that goes through it is always like oh my god and then they fall in love with it because they see the shifts right and that's what happened with me like you wake up and you're like oh my god I love myself I like this things I no longer feel like this oh my gosh my finances are changing so you kind of like it but to start off with the inner work is crap I'm not even gonna lie to anyone right it's going into your deepest darkest shadows but but you know what? It is so worth it because most of us are, th are saying, oh, we don't want to get started on the journey. But the truth is that you don't want to get started on the journey. But the longer you take sitting with the trauma, sitting with the wounds, the more they shape your life. Your future doesn't change because you're not changing internally, right? So the future continues to be the same because you are the same. And yet we're always thinking that if I just get the next job, the next boyfriend, the next group of friends, everything will change. That's not true, right? Everything changes because we change within. And that's what, that is the greatest truth that I have learned. So yeah, it was hard. But what I say to everyone that starts the course and starts the journey is stick it out for six months. Do it every day for six months and then wait and see if it hasn't been worth it, right? Because if you stay the same for another six months, life keeps staying the same. If anything, at least you gain self-awareness. You can say, 
goodbye to a lot of things that don't serve you, right? Yeah, so the next cost intake is next year, end of um, January 2020, end of January 2020. But I do have space for one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. So if you feel like working with me one-on-one, -on -one, hit me up, let me know. Oh, how could I forget? Oh, I have one space left for the Vietnamese retreat, right? So if Vietnam is calling to you, let me know. Vietnam definitely makes it into that top 10 of countries for me. Oh, why it's so hard to leave Vietnam for Dubai, for me anyway, right? Because I'm like, why, why do I have to do this? I'm already in a country I love, right? So I have one space for Vietnam and I've got two spots for Goa. I'm going to see venues in Goa for the retreats. And then I've got four spots for um, Morocco. So if you're interested in the Moroccan retreat, let me know. Um, my social media manager is Moroccan and she was in, she's been in Vietnam with me. So I left, uh, she left yesterday for Saigon. I came to Huey this morning, so you know that Morocco is going to be lit because we have a local who's going to be on the retreat with us. She's planning with me all the venues. She's introducing me to all the various venue owners so she knows all the cool places to go to, stay, see, etc. in Morocco. And it's awesome because she'll be like, Van, I went on this weekend getaway here. You have to see it. What do you think? Oh my God, they're going to love it, right? So... It's really, really cool. I really love the retreats because for me, it's often working with people that I know in the country and where I can trade ideas with them and say, do you think that we should go here? Oh, what do you think about this? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So anyway, that's it from me. I may jump on another live video at some point when I get to Hoi An. But for now, tomorrow and Wednesday are fully booked for retreat venues. I'm like going up and down. I've got a scooter. <sighs> I want to find, I've already booked out the retreat venue in Hoi An. I fully booked, I paid for it, um, booked out the entire venue. <gasps> but it was worth it. I really, really love it when we have the venue to ourselves. So booked out the entire venue for us. And then I'm looking for a similar type of venue in Huey. So kind of a cool story. What happened was I found out that one of the ladies at the venue in Hoi An, the Vietnamese ladies, actually worked for a tourism company so we she was able to give me some really cool venues to check out in way where the student where the retreatants can come stay for three nights anyway namaste guys have a fantastic time i'll speak to you on the live videos soon this week cheers i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, 
As a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.